0: Welcome to Nowhere Close to Famous, where we have extraordinary conversations with ordinary people. I'm your host, Josh Story, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Brooke Seal. Hey, people. And we have a fun new segment that we're releasing today, where we thought that at this point in the podcast, uh, it'd be kind of nice to know a little bit more about the Nowhere Close to Famous group.
1: Because we're, we're a fun bunch.
0: We really are. And so first on the docket is our producer, Ray. Which we're excited because most people don't even know that Ray exists.
1: They don't, but without Ray, you wouldn't be hearing this podcast. Absolutely. He's a talented guy. He's so gracious. He um, grew up in the Hollywood area and is one of those rare people that can really show validity to both Glee and Pitch Perfect because he has show choir background, a cappella background, um, and he's a super talented guy. We've loved getting to know him, and we think you will too.
0: Absolutely. So without further ado, here is our conversation with Ray.
2: All
1: right, Ray. Welcome to the
0: podcast, man. Hello. Thank you for having me.
1: Which, it's funny to welcome him, because he's in the room every right, time. Right, totally. So,
0: right. Ray, this show would not happen without Ray. He is the guy that hooks us up with all things producer-esque stuff. Mm-hmm. If you are an Armchair Expert fan, he is the Wobby Wob of he nowhere is. close he to He is famous. our own
1: in-house Wobby Wob. <laughs> yeah.
0: So. Yeah. Which
1: would make you Dax, and would make me Monica.
0: I, I welcome that yeah. person. That's yeah. super nice. Uh, anyway, dude. Um, Yeah. Stoked you're here, man. Stoked to have you on the mic. So many things I want to talk to you about. First things first, where are you
2: from? Absolutely. Yeah, I am from Burbank, California. Okay. So Burbank, Hollywood area and relocated out here to Fort Worth, Texas, DFW area um, for college. So it came that. out. Yeah, came out to go to TCU. for my four years here. <laughs> Landed a job in finance (laughs) down in Sundance shortly after. So I'm business by day, music by night, and uh, now just living here post-grad, loving young life out here. That's awesome, man.
0: Yeah. What was it like to grow up in, like, the... Did it feel like the Hollywood scene, or was it kind of removed from...
2: Yeah. I think that I didn't recognize it when I was there, but then once I came out to Texas, I definitely felt that Mm -hmm. kind of shift in terms of just overall culture, but looking back to when I went to high school, for example, Burbank is like right in kind of the hub of where there's auditions for acting and, uh, and, you know, all of that kind of stuff, and so a lot of my friends would actually leave high school early, you know, maybe leave at noon, and then go drive (laughs) to Santa Monica for an audition, and I just thought that was normal. You know, and <laughs> right now coming out here i'm like oh that's not what everyone does
0: yeah and it's so. like no yeah. one leaves in the middle of the day to go audition yeah, exactly the When
1: kids left school in the middle of the day where i'm from it was uh, to take care of cows <laughs> <laughs> different strokes yeah. for different folks so de- <laughs> definitely though a, a kind of a shift in
2: culture um but just as unique out here you know yeah in, yeah. in its own ways dude mm-hmm. that's that's awesome was it culture shock moving here um, I think so. Uh, just a little bit. I don't know if I would say a shock as um, more so maybe just a fit. Okay. If that's kind of how oh, you really? describe it. Because I feel like that's I was cool. acting in the Fort Worthian way kind of, <laughs> yeah. in Hollywood. Okay. And I just okay. happened to find myself there. And maybe that's a big um, kind of how I was raised in yeah. my family. But um, just in terms of even something that you wouldn't think of. Like yeah. uh, not... say anything at all against Hollywood or Burbank but um, you know just something you would maybe think of like opening uh, the doors for somebody or something Mm -hmm. like that it's maybe not what you would find culturally over over there and uh, and so kind of just more of a culture fit as soon as I got here a lot that I appreciate out here I will say
0: now that you say that Fort Worth is a fascinating place because I think there's so many people that move here from California, I know yeah. people from Chicago. I know people from New York. Right, and it really is a unique place where people from very different cultures and very different backgrounds can come, and they're all like, "Dude, this, this feels like home." Yeah. yeah, Mississippi. I mean, that's yeah, it that does. Was a strange. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's it's crazy
2: because that's kind of how I, I lived a block down from both my middle school and my high school. Oh my god! And gosh. so we were kind mm. of um, that home that people would go yeah. to. You know, after school, people were always over at the house. Yeah. My your mom would like to make cookies for people. you know <laughs> yeah, it was just like a spot cool. where people would be in that idea of yeah. That home yeah yeah and i really do feel that kind of out here in fort yeah. worth there's just that the culture here just for anyone who hasn't been here it just <laughs> feels like home yeah. it's really it, cool so it
1: really does and even from a totally different perspective i came to fort worth from a really small place and yeah. when i first came didn't know a soul the interstate overwhelmed me right <laughs> yeah. but it's like once you get in to kind of your rhythm and yeah. and it's all about who and what you surround yourself with, and that right. becomes your bubble and kind of your world. Yeah, yeah. Like even in how you articulated, man, I didn't even think about the Hollywood culture until I moved here and people started asking you about it, or it was different. And you're like, right? Oh, like growing up where people go to auditions all the time isn't normal. <laughs> it's isn't like normal. that's all you knew. So it what yeah. normal is relative in a yeah, lot of ways. It, it really is. But even here, like I've loved Fort Worth because I the way I describe it to people that either haven't been here or are just visiting, I'm like there are pockets of Fort Worth. Like, I think of, like, Magnolia, South Main, downtown, Arlington Heights. Like, there's just all these little pockets, and they each feel kind of like their own small community almost. But everywhere you go, I feel like everyone is so friendly. I joke that Fort Worth is just a small town that's pretending to be a big city because it's like everywhere I go, I run into someone I know, I see someone I know, or they're connected three times over to a friend of mine from college. Right. And it's crazy. It's like all roads diverge at Fort Worth, which is, I love it. It's fascinating. And I love being able to make those connections. And I think it is because of the hospitable culture of Fort Worth. Yeah. That's
2: awesome. It's crazy. Fort Worth is like, I think I looked it up once on Wikipedia and it's like the... I want to say it's like the thirteenth or fourteenth largest city yeah. in the U.S. Yeah, I think
1: it's the thirteenth, which is crazy. Yeah. because yeah. it doesn't feel. You like You would that. never know. No.
3: no. Yeah, you'd never know.
0: Feel like idea. that at all? Yeah. Yeah, but it's a uh, cool place, dude. Totally. How would you describe high school Ray?
2: High school Ray. <laughs> I have to take a sip of my tea before answering. <laughs> I think I would say very involved in. Everything. Like, okay. I, I did so many different things in high school. I did um, soccer was the main sport that I played. It was really the only sport, but I did that. I did show choir, which Burbank has two of, the, the city of Burbank has two competing show choirs, but both of which are, like, top ten wow. nationally. So that was a really big commitment, almost like a sport it, in, yeah. in many ways. So there was that, plus soccer, plus key club, which was, like, a... A community service oh, no you know Kiwanis Club? I don't know if they ever had that I, uh-uh. I where don't. you both were at Okay. Um, essentially it's like a giving back to the community but we would do oh, it cool. in high school so we would do different programs like one that I would do was acing autism which is where oh, we'd wow. go mm. and uh, it was basically we would play tennis every Sunday with uh, kids that were autistic and mm. or suffer, suffered from um, maybe some mental impairments and we'd play tennis Ooh, just on a so Sunday cool. and so community service was a big part of kind of what I did Um, and I think that through that it just gave me a very balanced approach to to high school like when I think back I just think of knowing a lot of people Mm -hmm. from a lot of different areas and having a lot of bridges that just weren't really burned like I was friends with the football guys but I was also friends with you know the people who were in band and in choir and Mm -hmm. so that's kind of what high school looked like for me it was just very spread out Dude, that's
0: awesome.
1: I guess.
0: That's cool. Yeah, that's amazing that really you fun. like did community service on your own volition. All of my friends in high school did community service because the judge told them they had to. You know <laughs> what I mean? So like the fact that that was like your high school experience yeah. by yeah. your own choice, like that's amazing, dude. Yeah. Um, dude, talk to me about show choir yeah, show because choir. you're. Very musical, and we'll talk more about that here in a second. But yeah. walk us through what that is on like a
2: competitive standpoint, because that sounds really intense. It it definitely was, um, <laughs> and it's funny if there's anyone who's listening to this that was in in my uh, show choir. I want to make sure to do it justice. <laughs> so um, truly, it was like a like being on a sports team in high school. Um, pretty much uh, every day, or a few times a week at least, there would be. Three or four hour long rehearsals after school, oh so you gosh. have to plan your homework accordingly. Yeah. And then, if you played a sport as well, then you'd have to balance out sometimes cutting out of practice early to make it to show choir rehearsal, or showing up to rehearsal late. Uh-huh. Um, you know, based on kind of what the need was at that point in time. Uh, both Burbank. In Sync and Burroughs Powerhouse are the name of the two. Of course, uh, they are the two <laughs> show choirs. Yeah, Which we kind of go in? back and forth. I was in In Sync, <laughs> and uh, we both kind of claim uh, having being responsible for the creation of the show Glee. So where no the, where the inspiration came from kind of came from is, the is
1: Glee an accurate picture of your high school? Experience? Not at all. <laughs> not <laughs> at all. No. But
2: I remember Powerhouse actually was able to be on Oprah. So oh I'd no way. So our our. Uh, uh, Choir I was pretty jealous of that, you know, back in the day. But yeah. super intense competitions, just all throughout the coast of California, is mainly what we do, and then wow. we do one out of state each year. I think that um, the first year that I got to go, uh, we went to Canada. Actually, we went to Toronto, so that was super oh, no cool. Way. Just in high school to be able yeah. to do that, and then yeah. um, Chicago and one other place. Yeah. But really intense. The competitions would be, um, you know, almost a full day long because wow. there's all these different divisions yeah. of. Summer, uh, you know, all men's choir, all women's choir, mixed choirs yeah. at different mm-hmm. levels, kind of like JV and varsity. And yeah. so it would go on for quite a while. So are y'all singing like pop songs like they do on Glee? Or yeah. So that I guess that was what made our show choir. And I'll have to show you a video yeah. sometime. But what made it so unique was that... At, Burbank what we do and maybe it was just because it was so dense with industry right and Hollywood was right there so right. everything yeah. was turned into a production <laughs> mm. and so what you, think of, what you think of when you think of show choir is like yeah. hey I'm singing you know since you've been gone and, right. oh, and then it's like cut now we're moving to the ballad and right. that's kind of what yeah. you think of in your head yeah, yeah. Sure. Um, but really what it was is the person who was in charge of making the arrangements and our director is phenomenal um, they would put together these sets for us. So you had 20 minutes in your competition set, and what they'd do is they said, hey, we have 20 minutes to tell a story. Mm. What can we do? So they'd create characters. They'd create an, a story arc that would happen within 20 minutes. Yeah, We had one of our, I think it was my sophomore year in high school, we had Skrillex in our show choir set. No way. And, and Blacklight and mm-hmm. we all glowed in the dark um, and you know it was part of the storyline it was like Prodigal Son actually was no the, kind of the theme of it and so yeah but it was it was like a robotic futuristic toy version of it mm. and anyways they would tell these little these stories that would happen within 20 minutes and so rather than it just being a few songs back to back to back it turned into this full on production which was yeah when you're in high school that feels like the coolest oh my thing god world, yeah. oh. Like, this is amazing like it's yeah. this musical that's happening yeah in, uh, in just a few minutes, so a lot of work, but totally worth it.
1: So, yeah. like choreography and the whole choreography,
2: skill. soloists who were yeah. characters, Bowtie,
1: so. vest.
2: Oh gosh, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, it it is wild. Yeah, <laughs> definitely look it up. Uh, yeah. Burbank and mm-hmm. Sync or uh, Burroughs Powerhouse. They had some cool cool shows back in the day. Dude, that's awesome. And that's
1: separate from. Is it correlated to your high school or no? Yeah. Okay, it is. Yep, it's all run through the school district. Okay, gotcha.
2: Yeah, so pretty crazy, but I think maybe one of the reasons Burbank was so successful is because similar to Fort Worth and some other places, you know, there's LA Unified School District Mm -hmm. and there's Burbank School District, and so Burbank has its own funding for their arts programs, even though it's public schools, but yeah, yeah, a lot of support for the arts there. That is cool. Yeah. When did the love for music start? That's a good question. I think that my parents paint it in a much more or, or just family in general paint it in a much more romanticized version because <laughs> yeah. i'm not very good at talking about this stuff sometimes mm-hmm. um just because to me a lot of things are very casual and yeah I'm just like yeah i played piano when i was five the way that they would say it is i started playing my mom taught voice lessons when okay. i was growing up and so she always taught me that the piano was not something that you would bang on you don't mm. really you got to be gentle and delicate with the yeah, keys. Yeah. And so for a long time, I was really hesitant to approach the piano because I didn't want to just <laughs> slam on yeah, it. Yeah, totally. And so we had gone and seen Finding Neverland, mm. uh, the Peter Pan yeah, movie, yeah. and one of the songs in it is Clocks by Coldplay. Mm-hmm. And so the, so I was five at that time. We came home. I sat down on the piano and very delicately started kind of plucking away at the melody of Clocks. And so I mm. think that they were like whoa what's what's going on cuz he hadn't read sheet music hadn't really heard anything but yeah. he could no hear it way, and so dude. it's not that i was playing it perfectly i wasn't you know mozart over on the yeah. piano but the idea was <laughs> he can hear it so let's get yeah. him plugged into some lessons wow. and so
1: well that's a gift not everyone can do that yeah, like dude, at all
2: for real. thank you um i guess i don't know i guess i just don't think I, the way that i picture it is just not in that romanticized yeah. style cuz i never mm. never thought of you it was like just that. natural
1: yeah it's Again, just kind of like just what it you. was that was yeah. Relative to you, that was just, just another way. No, oh, oh this sounds right cool, in. and I can totally. find it, and here, here it we go. It fits
2: right into that kind of relativity, yeah. because it, it to me, that's just what it was. And so from there, I branched into playing uh, the keys and got put into some lessons where I was kind of classically trained. But it was always kind of going back and forth for me, because I my biggest problem in all of that is that eventually I would get to a point where I just didn't want to I just I could understand the theory behind reading the music, but I just didn't want to play what was on the sheet music. (laughs) I just wanted to play by ear. And so Mm. still to this day, I mean, I can read sheet music, but it's a much slower of a process for me. My brain just kind of thinks differently when I come to the piano. I just like the creative side of it. And I guess I've just kind of always had this natural pull to create things, whether it be Mm. writing songs or... Um, in choir for example writing arrangements you know and pieces like that but the creative side has always been what's drawn me the structured side of it I appreciate but I just am not as drawn to that yeah do you have perfect pitch oh that's a good question I would say no maybe relative okay because like Like if you said sing a C right now hmm. I'm not like that where I can just do that but I could work it in my head to figure it out because like I can imagine at like five years old to hear a
0: song and then just to sit down and Essentially, be able to just pick out the melody pretty quick, like yeah. Like there's some sort of like ninja, <laughs> so, you know, something going yeah, on. Yeah,
2: I'm so so. Uh, that that's a natural gift in its own right to oh, just dude, have the totally. perfect pitch of just knowing exactly where. And I think it's a gift and a curse because <laughs> people can hear things so perfectly oh, yeah, um, that so, anything
1: else falls short.
2: Exactly. Yeah. So I, I would say I have relative pitch, and that I can work my way into keys. And if I hear something. I could probably be a couple half steps away, but yeah. not uh, not perfect by any means.
0: I feel like having perfect pitch is kind of like those people that can <laughs> eat cilantro. That like <laughs> that, that, that. think that like cilantro tastes like soap. It's like mm-hmm. it's like ah, I can't mm-hmm. not taste it. I yep. feel like perfect pitch. Like I, I can't not hear that you're flat. Like can you just be better? Yes. Like I just can't. I just can't <laughs> oh, not hear it. Oh, I know. Oh.
1: You're flat. You're so flat. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so right. flat. And
2: also for yourself, because having perfect pitch doesn't mean that you sing everything perfectly it <laughs> right. means you hear it perfectly totally. so you have the ability to hear if y- mm. you're off yeah in many times and you're like mm, you're just um, so hard on yourself yeah i'm so glad you, you know? said that
1: because i'm not musically inclined oh, yeah. like at all i yeah. i love to listen and that's where that's yeah. as bad as that's all i can give <laughs> so hearing y'all even talk about it, i'm like oh he can hit a note yeah but it's like no 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 no. like to have yeah. perfect hear it, yeah. pitch hear it. is oh this right. is that
2: yeah and a lot of people who do hear it do sing perfectly, yeah. or you know, in in terms of tuning. Mm-hmm. But when you don't, I, I could imagine how hard it would be. Yeah, you know. So dang, it's very interesting.
0: Dude, totally. Um, speaking of perfect pitch, uh, one of the <laughs> things that uh, I think is really fun about you is you were in an acapella group in college. Oh yeah. Um, on a scale from one to pitch perfect, where Ooh. did that experience fall? Like.
2: Okay, so depends on what this scale is made of <laughs> if it's like that scene where you're just everyone is together and they're having a riff off yeah 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 it's like we challenge you to <laughs> you know everyone here sing at the same time like this is what we're doing yeah. that's generally not how our rehearsals <laughs> went it yeah. wasn't just like you're we're crashing gonna sing. all my dreams man. yeah From we're not gonna sing ugly, dynamite can't. by tayo cruz everyone go like, it, it <laughs> was not like that but um but there certainly was a very creative element. You yeah. could work that out within a rehearsal. So. Um, and groups are incredibly talented. In terms of kind of the competitions that you see, those are absolutely real. It's the ICCAs. They do yeah. that, and it starts locally. Then there's a semifinals round, and then there's the Nationals, which is yeah. in New York, and you okay. could perform at Carnegie Hall, I think. Dude, that's so epic. Yeah, super, super cool. Um, but... It was just a blast. Yeah. Yeah, just being able to be creative with everyone. Yeah. I think that just in terms of comparing it to Pitch Perfect for the sake of <laughs> the question, uh, there's a lot more work behind the scenes yeah. and actually the arrangement time, you know, and getting everything the way that you want it to sound. Yeah. Uh, it's not just like the movies, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> dude. But it's just as fun.
0: Yeah. 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 Well, dude, and y'all y'all were awesome, man, because I, I came to one of you all shows that y'all were doing here in town, Marcus Invited yeah. Me. And, uh... To be completely honest, I didn't know what to expect. Like yeah. I knew that Marcus was a great vocalist, and knew that you were too, but then to see like the whole thing come <laughs> together, I was like, oh my gosh, and you guys arranged that? That's unbelievable, man, it was so yeah. cool.
2: It was fun, and the group that I was in was uh, just all guys, and we could try to do some fun things, you know, because there's advantages to each type of group that you mm-hmm. have in terms of the range that you have vocally, and right. so we did try to play to that, and we had a blast. Yeah. I remember we had, like, baseball jerseys. And yeah. I don't know if that's the one that you yeah. went to. Um, but, yeah, it was a blast. It was my sophomore year, I think. We actually advanced, and we went to the semifinals. So we performed at UCLA, and then there was some incredible groups yeah. um, out there that we were very young. I had actually started the guys' group when I was a freshman in college. So oh, no, wait, wait, no way. Wait so, wait, so you started the whole acapella group? Yeah. No way, dude. Yeah, I'm so I, I had no started idea. that my freshman year. What would you name it? The Horned Tones. Nah. nah. Yeah. Go Frogs. Yep. Go Frogs. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. And so we were very young, though, and I think there was so much to appreciate in going out to UCLA yeah. and being like, whoa. Like, yeah. this is how, this is how schools have done it for yeah. a while. Yeah, totally. And then, like, coming back and trying to apply that to mm-hmm. what we're doing now. Yeah. You know, what they're doing now. Oh, man. I'm. <laughs> that makes me feel like I'm still in college. <laughs> right. But, Are there yeah. certain
0: schools that are just known for their acapella groups
2: oh yeah absolutely yeah. um byu is actually one that really? we would look at no yeah way. absolutely a lot of the east coast schools okay. like when you're going down a lot of the ivy leagues um Dude, they're just kind of working your, ivy way thing. Yeah, yeah, work in your way to that makes a lot acapella down. groups nebraska's got some good good groups ucla's uh-huh. got some good groups um really kind of just depends. It's yeah. all spread out. Vanderbilt has some really good groups. Okay. Love stereotypes. Think of are really think of, like <laughs> think of like the Nashville, you know, scene. Oh, that makes um, so much sense. Baylor's actually got a really good group as well. Um, and yeah, it just kind of depends. But then there's also those wild cards where it's like, ooh, yeah. we haven't seen this group. Yeah. Where did they come from? And I think that's kind of like, <laughs> yeah. it was kind of cool because I think that we were kind of that. Yeah. It's like, who are the horned tones? Like, yeah. why are they in the semifinals? Because yeah. you can also see... What the semifinals everywhere else it, it is. Oh, cool. so uh, okay. It's like they show you every region and who advanced yeah. from what. It's like the March Madness yeah, bracket. Yeah. In a and you are like, Ooh, who's this 16th? Seed I got to right? fill uh, out yeah. my bracket. Yeah. I gotta fill out my bracket next yeah. year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, exactly. So it's a fun environment to be a part of. Um, certainly is a pretty tight community, actually. Yeah. And so uh, to be able to like take part in that in college was a blast. Dude, that's epic, man. Yeah. That's really fun. fascinating. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, most of us are nowhere close to famous, but it sure feels good when the people that love us make us feel like a big deal. And a great way to do that is with a gift from Our Spare Change. Our Spare Change creates custom, handcrafted jewelry that's created to specifically tell stories. You could get a special date or a meaningful phrase engraved on their stylish cuffs, or even personalize it with a name. Not only that, but they've also got the cutest earrings and rings, and for the dudes in your life they have tie bars, cuffs, bookmarks, and keychains. We love this Southern California-based company and their passion for telling stories. So let Our Spare Change help you and the people in your life share your story by using promo code close to get 20% off your purchase at OurSpareChange.com.
0: I think one of the first things that I ever learned about you, before I even knew who you were,
3: mm-hmm.
0: um, you were going to come play Keys at the Aardvark, I think. Yeah. And whoever was talking to me was like, dude, this guy Ray. He's saying backup for Demi Lovato. <laughs> and everyone's like, no way. Yeah. Um,
3: yeah.
2: What happened? How does that happen? Yeah. Um, so looking back at it, I think kind of in so referencing it to kind of who I was in high school and just being plugged in with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. That's how I was outside of the high school friends as well. So in terms of my connections in the Burbank area, I got to know a lot of cool people um, from doing music and doing that community service and kept in touch with those people as well. And so one of those people was a producer. He was one of the first producers that I met in the area. His name's Andrew Lane. And I still talk to him all the time. Um, He's a phenomenal guy and has kind of like turned into like family. And so whenever I would uh, go home, I would pay him a visit. Um, sometimes work on different tracks with him or help him with sessions and uh he called me when i was in college randomly it was just out of the blue i don't know how to describe this to people because it's not like it's almost like i feel as though i didn't earn going and singing background (laughs) vocal because i think truly i was just working at the wreck
3: yeah (laughs) i I was working out at the wreck
2: i should say and i got a phone call from andrew and he's just like hey uh are you free like two thursdays from now um (laughs) i submitted you to my friend javen who uh is gonna gonna put you in a group to sing background on the voice and i was like okay cool like (laughs) sounds good like let me know i can book a flight i'll be there and then javen who andrew had referred me to texted me like a couple hours later he's like hey so you in for demi or what and that was it. And, and I was you don't like not say Demi... no to that text. Yeah, it wasn't even like Demi Lovato. It was just mm. like, hey, you in for Demi or what? And I was like, yes, of course, <laughs> absolutely. And I started piecing it together. And then it was Demi Lovato and there we went. No way. And man. Yeah, and so I got, it turned from there, it turned into a couple <laughs> different gigs. So first it was The Voice, then we did the American Music Awards, then we did the Jingle Ball, which all of those in their own right yeah. it's like, and here we are on, uh, you know, Nowhere Close to Famous talking about <laughs> interactions. Right. The, when you're thinking of an interaction with someone famous, it's crazy because we would be in, I remember, the first, actually looking back at it, I think the first one that I actually did wasn't Demi. I think it was actually Little Big Town and Pharrell. Oh, It was no a way. combination of the two of them. What a and combo. they came out with one of their new songs. <clears throat> it was called One of Those Days, or One of, one of These Days, I think, and... Um, You can look it up. It's a great song. But I remember for that time, we were in the space that they held us backstage was shared with Ariana Grande's backup dancers. No way. And she was dating one of her backup dancers Uh at that time. Yeah. And so I remember she came in the room and walked in, just hung out with the background dancers, and we were just all sitting at the table with them. She walked over and was like standing right there and was like, does anyone want the rest of this Danish? (laughs) And I remember thinking to myself, I should have said yes. Dang it! But I didn't. But you just get so like starstruck. I remember we walked by, you know, Nick Jonas, Kelly Clarkson, just a variety of different people who were, or even uh, at the AMAs, there was like Smokey Robinson and like some oldies, and like it was crazy to just walk by these people and be like, wow, like this is like you have changed the way that we listen to music. And
3: Hmm. being
2: kind of there with those people was really a cool experience. And then I was like, all right, I'm going back to school now. See ya next <laughs> yeah. time, maybe. Like, And that was kind of yeah. it. It was a very spontaneous experience. Super cool to be able to sing background yeah. and do that. And then it was just back to Fort Worth, back to <laughs> normal life. You know? Did college kind of feel like a letdown after that? No, no <laughs> not at all. Not at all. It's just, Like we said, it's just returning yeah. back home. Yeah. You know? Just mm. kind of being grounded again. But it's cool because you're up on cloud nine for a little while. Yeah. And then you come back and it's just like I can't believe that just happened. Like that doesn't yeah. feel like a. It didn't feel like a real experience. Yeah. But, mm. but it was, and it's definitely motivational. And I think from a creative standpoint. Yeah. Seeing people, e- there is that starstruck. Yeah. Element, but there's also that. Hey, you're human. Yeah. Mm. You know, and seeing that, and actually recognizing that, made me want to come back and just c- keep writing songs and keep creating. Because then I'm like, oh, it's not that far away. Right. Like,
3: Mm.
2: Not that that's even the goal. It's just the goal is to keep creating and being right. human, but that's what they are too, in a sense. Totally. So and that's, really like, cool to that's s- what makes
0: them successful. It's like yeah, you've been human in a way that other humans connect to Two. your humanness. Exactly.
2: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's definitely interesting, but it was a one heck of a time for sure. Dude, that's epic.
0: Yeah. So from an artist standpoint, when did you really start
2: your own kind of artistry? I think that kind of my belief is... Is that, or my thought process, mm-hmm. I would say, is that all that you need sometimes is just a little bit of a spark mm. to, to to move you to be creative or to, to get, you know, sometimes something builds up inside of you and you need that output. And so mm. I had been playing music and playing the keys and I did a little band in fourth grade. It was called In Detention. And it was just <laughs> a blast. It was like fourth to sixth grade. So sixth grade was the tail end of it. That was right when I was starting middle school. And at that time, in sixth grade, one of my really close friends actually passed away in sixth grade from mm-hmm. a heart attack during P E. No way. Oh my was gosh. just running laps. We were just doing what was called the bean run, where you'd run around and collect beans like as if you were running around a track. Yeah. He had just collapsed and mm-hmm. had a heart attack and later that day we found out that he had passed away. And it was just oh my gosh. absolutely devastating. Oh. And so As a 6th grader, you're like, I don't even know how to process this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And I just, I remember as a community, everyone came together. And so they, Hmm. because it just is so impactful, um, especially when a city like Burbank is is tight, you know, and the fact, as I was talking about kind of the school district and everything, it's like truly the whole community rallied. And we put this event at the Starlight Bowl uh, called rocking for the hearts because okay. it was a heart condition that mm-hmm. made him pass away and so it was a it was kind of like a charity event mm-hmm. for my friend who had passed away and my band was going to perform and it was one of the last times that we were performing because it was kind of that tail end of sixth mm-hmm. grade is when it yeah, yeah. happened and i remember saying let's write a song like let's do our own song for him and let's wow. write a tune And I hadn't done that really before, maybe just messed around on the piano. So I remember we sat in the band room and, you know, here we are, sixth graders. But we came up with this idea of losing a friend was the name of the song. And I wouldn't look back and be like, oh, it was, you know, the best song I ever wrote. But it was a song. Yeah. And the point is, there was a spark that got me to create. And Mm -hmm. then I think once I did that once, it was like, hey, we did that. And that was so cool to be able to share that with people. Totally. And so from there, moving forward, it's kind of been this whole journey of a lot of my songs right after that was, it's crazy, it's not what you would think of coming out of a sixth grader, because <laughs> yeah. one of my biggest fears growing up was being buried alive, mm. like, mm. that was always something I was scared of, and so, like, one of the second or third songs that I wrote after losing a friend was called Dig, and it was oh. about <laughs> someone who was, like, get me out of here, like, oh uh, like basically saying, like, I'm here in the ground, and I need help, so yeah. dig. and. Um, And so a lot of the first songs that I came out with were a little bit kind of like more darker and somber. And then it took me a while to kind of loop back into uh, just songwriting as a whole. And I would say, Mm. but looking back, I guess that's where it all started. It was just an initial spark there and then just kept writing through middle school, high school, uh, college, and then now Mm. post-college, just still writing and producing and working on stuff
1: even as young as you were then, would you say that was one of the most impactful moments in your life? And even yeah. outside of that, like, what were some other, some some of your biggest turning points or impactful moments? Yeah. Kind of looking back.
2: Yeah, no, I think that that, that certainly was. Are, are, do, do you mean, like, musically or just kind of life-wise in general?
1: I think in general, but I feel like music is such a big part of that answer for you.
2: Definitely is. Yeah, I think from a creativity standpoint, it was that is really all that I can think of Mm -hmm. and then it kind of because from there I was involved in choirs and I think kind of moving forward what it would have been to push me would have been like you know when you're on the JV Mm. soccer team you (laughs) feel like you have something to prove to the coach so that you get bumped up to varsity and Mm -hmm. so from that spark moving forward, I think that spark was what it was for songwriting, but for music and musicality, I felt like I always wanted to prove something because I, I kind of happened to be a little bit more competitive by nature mm-hmm. as well. And so a lot of my progression as a musician and um, kind of outside of songwriting was, hey, bump me up to the next choir mm-hmm. or let me lead an a cappella group in high school or what can I do to prove myself? Yeah, mm-hmm. you know and so I think that's kind of what it was it, that created this inner drive but I can't think of really any other major sparks mm-hmm. outside of
1: yeah
2: outside of that yeah dude, that's awesome so
0: you just released a new album I did uh, yes called The Living Room The Living Room uh, dude
2: tell us about that and like yeah. the inspiration behind all that absolutely The Living Room and the concept behind it so it's an eight song uh, EP well not EP eight song album Um, so I guess if you had the record, it would be four on each side, right? (laughs) Um, but the purpose kind of behind the album and the concept is if you listened through my Spotify discography Uh and all of the singles that I had, they're in like totally different realms. Like some are more electronic-y, some are more acoustic laid back like love songs yeah some are like Irish jig <laughs> tunes like there's there's a lot to unpack on there and I love making that and I think that's just kind of what goes on in my head it, the creativity there is very inconsistent the living room though is like a return back home mm. because the way that that's produced in all eight of those songs it's just piano voice and a little bit of strings and the purpose behind that is the living room is where our one piano was growing up. Okay. That's where I learned to play. That's mm. where I would play songs for friends and family if they came over. It's, hey, to listen to this new original that I came up with. And so a return back to kind of piano-based mm. tunes, for me, creates like this nostalgic feeling. And there's no place that I would rather do that for anyone yeah. than mm. just to be in the living room. So the way that I produced it is not for the vocals to be perfect not for there to be a ton mm-hmm. of background vocals mm-hmm. or features of the production that make you go whoa that's so different it's more so just hey here's a stripped album mm. of you sitting in my living room listening and cool. I hope you enjoy yeah so that's kind of the concept behind it it's like a this is what you would
0: hear if we were just
2: at home hanging out and I'm just playing on the piano in the yeah corner. hey check out this new song I wrote yeah
3: Yeah. Oh, that's Dude, so that's cool, really cool. So
2: that's the idea behind it and I think that in terms of looking at trajectory, that's certainly going to be prominent in the future of my songwriting because yeah. I have so much stuff that's just piano-based. Yeah, and I knew that I wanted to return home, if you will, yeah. at some point. Yeah. And I think that there will still be singles that will be random, totally. You know, country songs or whatever it right. might be. Who knows? There's no there's no rules when it comes to the creativity for me, but the piano based tunes is definitely going to hold yeah. significance moving forward. Yeah. That's awesome.
1: And something that you're very humble about but you it's all self-made, right? Like you produced it, you wrote it. That's right. You performed it. It's it's all you every step of the process.
2: That's right. Yeah. I've had a couple songs maybe out of my discography maybe four or five um that have been uh mixed and mastered externally. But the production and the creation of all of the parts, and Mm -hmm. for the most part, out of my maybe 30 song discography, at least 25 of those have completely mixed and mastered by myself Mm -hmm. as well. So uh, yeah, a lot of it is basically done through my keyboard. There's some live instrumentation in there, and I definitely want to, you can see if, To describe this space to everyone, (laughs) we're in a studio that's kind of surrounded by different instruments, half of which I don't know how to play, (laughs) and so I think that at some point in time I'd love to continue to loop more live instrumentation into the fold, Mm. Um, but most of it currently is done through the keyboard, like drum tracks and strings and all that stuff.
1: What's your favorite part of the process? Is it writing? Is it producing? Is it the performance?
2: Yeah, I, I there's there's this feeling that's happening when things click and mm. it starts taking shape. Like there's, I can hear what's supposed to happen before it happens, and I, and I can when I'm writing the song down on my notes, um, which I usually just do it on the notes on my iPhone. It's like I can, you know, put maybe I've got two verses, a chorus, a bridge. I know kind of how the structure of the song is. If I Saying to you what mm-hmm. the melody was going to be you would probably be like oh okay that's neat like that's yeah. cool <laughs> thanks for sharing yeah but to me it doesn't sound like that because in my head at that point in time i know what i want the right. background to sound like too and yeah, so totally. i'm kind of singing and do a track as well and i can hear what i want that to be and so i think that's like an exciting moment to yeah. know what the potential is but but have the opportunity to still just go in and like produce that because I think that there are times once the production starts, yeah, where you kind of do hit some walls sometimes and you're yeah. like, Why is this not sounding the way it does in my head? You're but totally. that feeling of what you think it could sound like kind yeah. of produces this like dopamine release or something, it's got a, totally. something like that, you know, and it just makes you feel really full, yeah. So Dude, that's awesome, it's cool. Is there, uh, is there
0: a plan to tour after like? Obviously, oh gosh, once like COVID's over yeah. and stuff like that, like, do you do you play live often?
2: Yeah, I I hadn't gotten plugged into the Fort Worth space.
3: Yeah,
2: and I think that part of it is because of the discography, mm-hmm. right? So for, how mm-hmm. am I going to do a full on like Irish jig? Like, <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. With half of the stuff that I I don't even play the instruments, I would have to perform to a track, which to me felt not as authentic. Cause, yeah. yeah. So I was like trying to picture, and I think. I, would, I was just trying to picture how I would do that. And that's why I think that The Living Room is so beneficial as Holy. an album because that's an album I can go and play every single one, of all eight songs, plus more songs that I've written that'll be on future projects. Right. But that I could build a set and go yeah. play somewhere now. And so I think I was just trying to figure it all out pre-COVID. I think that post-COVID, definitely starting off with just some open mics and maybe yeah. some restaurants, bars in the area,
3: mm-hmm.
2: touring – is a scary word and it's a (laughs) word that I haven't thought much in that capacity about right now. I have actually had some people like ask about that before. I just don't know that I've applied enough of my mental headspace to that yet. So not to rule that out of the equation by any means, but I would say right now I'm just enjoying creating and Mm. producing and just saying here, listen to the new tunes. And if anything ever got enough traction to lead to that point where I would feel confident, actually going out to a place that wasn't Fort Worth yeah. mm. um, and just kind of, you know, mapping out a few different places, I would love the opportunity to do it, just yeah. not there yet.
3: Yeah.
2: So. Dude, that'd be epic, man. It'd be, it would be fun. After hearing the album, like,
0: it'd be really cool to go to a space and, like, see you play that mm. live because I feel like it's... Yeah, there's some, The whole essence is kind of like, let's just sit in a room yeah. and hear some songs, just, like, the good old fashioned way.
2: Yeah. And I think that with my, my style, like, I... I remember I would always uh, even just still I look back and in whether it be the choir or the horn tones yeah, or whatever yeah. it is there were so many people with just incredible voices that yeah. I'm mean, mm-hmm. like they have way better voices than I do yeah. like I, I like to just try to like write stories through my songs and um, I don't do like too much flashiness yeah. but I think that that's something that translates well to being live is it's mm. just like this is a live sound and right we're just here sharing that story together. You know yeah. what I mean? But sometimes when you listen to a recording, you're listening for the flashy high parts Dude, or the totally, yeah. cool things that people do vocally. Yeah. So it's definitely yeah. an interesting contrast, live versus oh, studio yeah, recordings. Like,
0: you can get away with so much live that you can't in the studio, you yeah. know? Because <laughs> there's, like, yeah. a level of, like, your present... Yeah, In the moment, definitely. you know, like even like messing up, like stuff like that oh, yeah. can be really endearing because, oh, cool. We all just mm. experienced this together. Yeah. But if you heard someone hit a wrong note on an album, it's like, mm.
2: what? You And then you produced it. Yeah. Right? And then you released it. <laughs> Somebody that? had to say that was okay. <laughs> right. Totally. But yeah, I no, I agree. I remember one of my favorite moments of any concert I had been at is I went to um, Adventures of a Lifetime Coldplay mm-hmm. and Chris Martin ran out on the catwalk. And he ran all the way down it was this huge production in the yeah. first line he forgot the lyrics to his song yeah and he laid down <laughs> and just said stop the music and they the whole band stopped and he was just like ah like i can't believe i did that we're gonna start over right now let's do it again and the crowd went wild and they're like yeah like everyone's like yeah let's do it you know mm, it's and, so fun but i remember leaving the concert and being like my favorite moment yeah. was, when was when Chris was messed up yeah exactly Mm. and then he went back and did it again and seeing that and like being a part of that was so cool and so I think that sometimes as a performer people are most devastated when their voice cracks but sometimes the audience goes I loved it most when their voice cracked like I loved hearing that they
0: weren't perfect it's being a part of like it's that human piece of it it's like oh yeah that's a very human thing like sometimes a voice Mm. cracks sometimes we forget the lyrics I do that too yeah totally you know um, when you think back to all the different shows that you've played over the years, whether it's a cappella group or mm-hmm. choir or your own stuff, yeah, um, what is your best show and what's your worst show? Mm. Like, like, what's your best memory and the memory that that's like, oh, oh that was brutal.
2: <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, so I think that the best show... Was I don't want to give credit to the like Demi Lovato in that background because that was a totally different level. Like, I don't even know how to explain (laughs) the feeling of being on stage and being like, How am I here right now? and right looking in the audience and being like, Whoa, I know those faces, some of them, like, like, Whoa,
0: Jay Z is really into this,
3: yeah, Yeah. yeah.
2: (laughs) yeah, and that's a weird like performing on the voice to adam levine who was like six feet away from me right. and you're like Ooh, no, no no something's wrong <laughs> you're yeah, yeah. like switch yeah. places with me yeah so those don't count i don't think i think that one of the most fun things that we did was with the horn tones one of our cool experiences is that we got to open up for jesse mccartney when he came onto campus no way. yeah <laughs> and, and that was awful. like and, and the thing is those those uh, concerts when they fill up with TCU students, yeah. like people are going crazy getting yeah. excited for Jesse McCartney. So our job was mm. to get people excited yeah. Yeah. for Jesse McCartney. And so we did this like awesome mashup with uh, Forget You and uh, Bruno Mars tune, uh, and Dynamite, awesome. and like just some fun stuff, like That's some cool. oldies, 2000s yeah. tunes. And the crowd was just so electric. Yeah. And I think that we all looked back and we were like, that was so funny. just because <laughs> – yeah having people be so excited, you know, yeah. to, to yeah. hear something in a, in there all in this jam packed space. It was just yeah. it was a blast. In terms of most devastating performances <laughs> Oh my gosh. That's tough. In a small space, I remember back in like seventh or eighth grade, mm-hmm. before I had like built up confidence in myself. Yeah. We did this thing in our choir class that was called Week of the Stars. And basically everyone had to get up and perform something yeah. for everyone. And so By kind of, yourself. Yeah. And then people would kind of rank you and judge you and whatever. I've, I know. it's.
1: Kind of, I've literally had a nightmare where that happens. It's kind of, <laughs> kind of like
2: a harsh, yeah, yeah. environment. Especially
1: but, in middle school. Yeah. People I, are ruthless I know in they are. And I
2: think that the idea was to make you feel, like, empowered to go and perform. And I remember, mm. though, I was just so, <laughs> like, I didn't know what to do. And so I went up and I had been taking – Kind of like I said, my brain doesn't work in mm-hmm. in like a st- in sheet music, in structured environment. Yeah. And so genius, seventh grade me, is like, I'm going to play a classical song that I've been working on with my oh, teacher. No. And so I didn't have the sheet music, but I thought I had it memorized. And it was like the worst of both worlds combined because I went through uh. about a quarter of it. <laughs> and then I didn't remember what was next. Yeah. And I remember I just kind of put my hands down like slowly and just stopped playing. <laughs> and then I was just like done and I didn't know what to do. Yeah, mm. I was totally devastated. I think everyone was like, what is happening? Yeah. And I remember just being so like, I felt so down on myself that I didn't remember that, you know? Mm. And So I think that looking back, I don't know. It's It wasn't even like it was a big performance. There was probably 30 people in the class, but I remember what it did to me like in my heart because yeah. I was just like, oh, what a fail. <laughs> what a fail. That it was just, character though, man. It, it, yeah. yeah. Looking back, it's all good now. Don't remember what those songs were. Right. Yeah. I'd play something different if I went back and did it again, but it's all part of it. Dude.
0: So. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah. Th- those are fun times um, to think through like different shows and mm-hmm. I, I think like one thing that's really bummed me out about COVID, I mean, there's a lot of things that bummed me out about but, uh, it's just the inability just to go to a live show and to just be a part of that. Like even hearing you talk about it, I'm thinking it's such a cool thing to be a part of, you know, um, whether it's awesome or whether people bomb or anything in between, like, it's just a fun experience, you know? No, I totally agree. I'm so
1: glad you said that because arguably like in this conversation, I'm sitting here with two musicians, two guys who have gotten up and performed to crowds and have made music and have produced music and have done all these things. I am strictly I exist to enjoy it like
3: that <laughs> yeah.
1: I, and I didn't even appreciate live music really until I came to Fort Worth and just met people and that were into it and got yeah. to go to concerts and I think some of my I, that's what I missed the most during COVID really was like as far as like a big picture mm. thing like oh this is one like event that I miss it's yeah. live music because I think anything creative is vulnerable because you're saying hey I created this and now you get to judge it you get to decide if it's worth listening to if it's worth buying if it's worth reading and music especially I think strikes such a core with people that I would argue music's one of the most vulnerable because think about it like a spoken word poet's not going to sell out Airline Arena like or Carnegie Hall right well on average average, right on average right Um, but like musicians do it all the time and, yeah. and the bar is so much higher and, and, and we were even talking about before we turned the mic on, we were even having a conversation about the algorithm on Spotify and how it's so based on likes and how long you listen and all of these right. things but I, as just an enjoyer of music I so admire and appreciate I just love when people get up and perform and and I think it's, yeah. so, it's such a sweet thing to be a part of just being yeah. an audience and my favorite parts as just someone that is strictly there to enjoy it and to take it in is when the performer shows you the human part of them and like banters with the audience or makes a mistake or their guitars out of tune or that, you know, and, or they slip on stage even. And just, or like, I got to see uh, Maggie Rogers play in Dallas and yes. I think Maggie Rogers is a phenomenal talent yeah, she and is. like watching her just like totally be herself and yeah. dance kind of in a goofy way, yeah. Right. Yeah. right? Like yeah. shout out to Maggie. If you find this. <laughs> love you so much, <laughs> right, but right. she had like one move and that yeah. was her go-to move. And I just felt so close to her in <laughs> that yeah. moment. I was like, man, she's loving life. She does not yeah. have a, she got to create this and now she's sharing it with us Yeah, and totally. we love it. Yeah. And she would, at one point towards the end of the show, she was singing one of her more well-known songs. And she stopped and the crowd was singing. Yeah. And and she, oh you could just gosh. watch her take, because we were in a very small venue, so I I was standing in a standing room only part of the venue and so I could see her face. Yeah. And mm. she's just soaking it up. Oh, and yeah. you would have thought Yeah. I mean that's it's like the greatest thing. Isn't that there. cool? Totally. And um, vulnerable vulnerable memory. Yeah. I'm a big fan of Adele. I yeah. think Adele's one of the most gifted people. And so I watch her. Vulnerable
0: because you think that's like a hot take, or no, 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 Adele's no, phenomenal. Uh, no, no. She's <laughs> phenomenal, but I'm getting there.
1: I'm okay, getting okay, there. <laughs> There's a story. I love Adele. I think she's so, so just unbelievably talented. Yeah. Um, but I, um, what I used to, I still do. I'll go on YouTube and watch some of her live clips. Yeah. And there's, a, there's clips on YouTube that have gone viral of her singing in um, Royal Albert Hall, which is like a very famous venue in London. Oh, mm-hmm. And it's like really prestigious, and she sold it out. And this is when 21 went really big, and she was doing like the world tour for her album 21.
3: Sure. And
1: she she does really long intros to her songs like she talks a ton to the audience that's kind of like one of her go-to things at her concerts Got it. so she does this whole big build up to explain what some someone like you means Uh and she talks about it and she like shares and she's kind of goofy and then the piano starts and she just turns it on and just starts to sing and in the last chorus she stops and the crowd is singing to her and she is weeping. Oh Just my like gosh. and then I'm sitting there on YouTube <laughs> I'm weeping <laughs> and I'm literally <laughs> crying. And I went back the first time I found the video, I watched it half a dozen times. Yeah. And that's how I became like a true like fan of Adele. Like I'll sell a kidney oh to go gosh. to go to one of her shows and yeah. get a good ticket. I I think she's a phenomenal talent. She but is. as silly as that story oh is, my gosh. yeah. Sharing stuff that you create is so vulnerable and man, Vulner- to be human is to to need other people. Yeah.
2: Well,
0: I think that's what's so powerful about music, especially when it's live is you get to experience something that you can't experience again. Right. I Mm. mean, yeah,
1: that's a really good point. You can like
0: watch it on YouTube, but like, you know, imagine like those that were in the room, like that was a moment that they'll remember forever. I remember like, uh, one of my favorite artists is a dude named David Ramirez Mm. and he's, I think he writes a bunch of really vulnerable stuff. And the very first time I went to his show, he was an opening act for a band that I was going to see. So it just happened to see him and now I love him. Um, but he had this song and he starts singing and it was so honest and so vulnerable. And the room was so quiet as we're hearing him to just kind of pour out his, his heart and talk, and talk about these mistakes. And I remember almost thinking like, I feel like I shouldn't be here. Like, mm. I shouldn't know this about your life. Like, you, like you're like you telling me, wh- like, we're not that good of friends yet, you know? <laughs> like, but right, right. but just, I mean, no one wanted to move because this dude is just singing and pouring out his heart. And everyone's like, oh my gosh, like, we get to wow. be a part of this. Yeah. And I feel like those moments are rare. But when you experience them, you think, wow, that's, that's really special, you know?
2: Mm. Yeah. Well, and if you're able to... If you're able to form that connection, like now you feel like you know him better, you yeah, yeah, feel totally, like you know Adele mm-hmm. better, and yeah. so there is that that mix. But I think that you'll find that the the artists that people gravitate towards are the ones that they feel like they know yeah. personally, mm-hmm. you know.
3: Dude,
2: yeah. yeah, totally. So uh, that's really neat, though. It's yeah. a cool way to look at it.
1: Yeah. It 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 makes me not want to skip a song on Spotify. Oh, <laughs> someone also, created yeah. this, <laughs> but it also
2: makes me want to to go back and start watching concerts again yeah. and I'm mm. definitely looking forward to yeah. you know being able to I think if I could go to one venue I'd love to go see Red Rocks
0: dude uh, it's unbelievable have you, have you been? yeah I've been a couple times um, brag, you know but <laughs> no honestly I uh, and you didn't invite me I've been oh, very wow. fortunate to get to go my best friend lives there and uh, it's dude, it's unbelievable it's an unbelievable place um, I actually like sitting higher up because yeah, yeah. because if you sit close to the stage it just feels like a normal show right. you but, can't appreciate it right but when you're like up in the nose bleeds you're like looking out and there's there just you mountains all in. around oh oh. the city like is off in the distance I mean it, it's the most picturesque thing it's <laughs> unbelievable cool. well, you so yeah, if that's your you if that's go. your
1: top venue who are some of your top artists that you've either gotten to see live or that you Ooh. want to see live
2: that is that's a great question right there. There's two sides of who I'd want to see. One is older musicians that are close to retiring mm. or maybe not performing anymore. Like mm-hmm. I would I would love to see I don't know, Stevie Wonder oh, or yeah, James yeah. Taylor or yeah. Paul McCartney. That's a really good just answer. Just <laughs> some people who are who are maybe not going to be performing forever yeah. and, and just appreciating the legends themselves, Sting, maybe totally. for example, or Paul Simon, yeah. you know. So some yeah. of those old people who I look up to, just as songwriters, Billy yeah. Joel would be another great one. So those would be a couple on that side of the equation in terms of just like modernized music. I would definitely go and see Coldplay again. I yeah. love Chris Martin, um, John Mayer. I love. Yeah. Uh, for some reason, I think it would. Well, I I love Ben Rector's stuff. I think yeah. his stuff kind of resonates with how I write, but I also think that it would be cool to see like a Jack Johnson mm. out there yeah, yeah. where it's just kind of like laid back vibes and just, yeah. I don't know. He's such a chill dude. Um, I think that's kind of like my, my preferred style of music yeah. concert to go to. Yeah. Not something that's too, too much production. Some, someone who's performing that kind of like we're describing is just kind of down to earth about it all. Yeah. Mm. Um, especially being up in the mountains yeah. to be able to see that would be really cool Dude,
0: yeah totally i want to ask you some fun random questions if that's okay but okay before we do it yeah where can people hear your stuff because ah. you're because your artist name is raymond revel yes right okay Yep.
2: that's right raymond revel i have stuff on spotify so my songs are on spotify apple music i just released through um the dis- a distributor that I think involves all the major platforms. Cool. So whether it be YouTube or whatever streaming platform you use, if you type in Raymond revel, you'll see that the latest release would have been the living room, but um, you can also pop open the discography and see what random finds you might be able everything else before this living room was all singles. And okay. so there's a bunch of them, all different genres. You'll see what you might be able to yeah. dig up. Dude. I love that. Yeah.
1: And they can find you on Instagram there. And at that name.
2: That's right. Instagram. I technically do have a TikTok with a few remixes, <laughs> yeah. um, but that's uh, just, like, three videos there. Um,
1: and you're really big on an app now called Clubhouse.
2: Clubhouse. Find me on Clubhouse.
1: <laughs> that's, like, your if favorite People thing.
2: on Clubhouse might, le- uh, you know, might be yeah. listening to this right now, yeah. and they're they're probably in their, like, spaces, like, with their fists up in the air, <laughs> like, yeah! yeah. Um, it's a blast. It's just live chats, but yeah. I do a lot of, like, live performing on there, and... Um, and just meeting other creatives—it's such a yeah. s- such a cool space. So, if you happen to be on Clubhouse, then uh, look me up, and we'll maybe be in some rooms together. Dude, so, that's awesome. Yeah, it's a lot of fun.
1: Josh. Yes. I have to tell you about my most recent Golden Ratio moment. Because it was it was amazing. So you know me—I was having a pal over. Always. And middle of the day, and I'd already had a couple cups of coffee. <laughs> and so I had crashed, and I was like, man, I need a caffeine boost. And it was cold and overcast outside. So I brewed up, me and my pal, some Golden Ratio. For her, I did the OG flavor. Okay. And for me, I went with pumpkin spice. I love it. Which that. you might think, Brooke, so basic. <laughs> but it was delicious. And I love Golden Ratio, and I want our listeners to be able to know more about it too, because it genuinely does. Give you all the benefits of a good caffeine kick without the acidity of coffee. So it's a really good trade in. Um, and for our listeners, they can get a special deal. So if that's you and you're interested, go to drinkgoldenratio.com and use our promo code nowhereclose for 20% off your purchase. Um, and hey, you know, make Golden Ratio and Nowhere Close part of your morning commute or your afternoon pick me up. Okay, let's talk um, oddly specific love languages.
2: Oh. What
1: are yours? What makes you just feel so uniquely loved?
2: Oh, my gosh. I think that I'm a big, big uh, words of affirmation guy. I just happen to, that's just kind of how I, because I do think that in a lot of ways I like to make everyone happy. That's just always Mm. been something that Mm -hmm. I live by. I can't stand it if I think that somebody is mad at me so yeah. I would be the type yeah. of person you know are you okay? Are you, okay? It, are you having a good time? Yeah, yeah yeah. And so it doesn't even have to be words I guess words of affirmation about me but just about them being good. You yeah know? yeah. If I hear you say like man this concert is the greatest thing ever then I'm like heck
0: yeah it is like, it's the
2: greatest thing yeah. but if I can't hear that from right. you mm. even if internally you're loving it Yeah. I Kind of tend to just not have as good of an experience then, because I'm like, oh, well, I'm loving this concert, but <laughs> yeah. now I don't know, like I don't know, like are you? <laughs> you know, yeah. So it's just kind of how I happen to operate. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that's like far and away number yeah. one. Yeah.
1: So just every now and then, just a random text like, hey man, we're good. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like
2: if 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 before the podcast you're like, hey, we're yeah. super pumped and happy to. Yeah Be there tonight and looking forward to it. Then I'm gonna be like, heck yeah, I am too. Like all, you know, put on the strobe and like all that stuff. You get the disco ball ready. You know, who knows what I might show up with surprise wise. But yeah, that's that's a big one
0: for me, dude. That's awesome. I love that. Um, All right, what is your go to party story? Like you're at a party, there's a lull. Mm. and Ray needs to save the day make the party <laughs> awesome again oh my gosh what's the what's your story that just gets the people
2: going oh my gosh well first of all my, you might even be able to hear it already but my voice kind of starts to go after a little mm. while at parties <laughs> yeah so firstly I'm probably not the person that want, <laughs> like trying to bring yeah. back to life because at that point. Yeah. You're like, what is this guy saying? Like, <laughs> I'm t- I, it's, like, it's like, hey, I'm Raymond. You you know? really yeah. I'll be like, hey, I'm Raymond. And like, hey, Brandon, how's it going? And I'm like, I'm not even gonna try it. <laughs> like, that's fine. Or like, then I started shortening it. Yeah. You know. hey, I'm Ray. And it's like, hey, Greg, how's it going? I'm like, I can't do this. It's just like my voice is not loud enough to actually tell a story in the first place. That's um, but if I were to tell a party story. There's a few that I'm I'm gonna t- I'm oh my gosh <laughs> I don't.
1: we can cut it in post if we I, need to. I, I <laughs> this
2: is this is so funny. But looking back at one of the very first uh, mixers that I ever went to okay. at, in college, uh-huh. <clears throat> I. It just, it just did not go in any way, shape, or form the way that I thought it was going to go. Oh, so no. let's just describe briefly what happened. So I'm firstly, it was it was blind. So I didn't yep. know who I was going oh, with okay. until okay. the day of. Second of all, I did not, I mean, did not have any, you know, any drinking, anything yeah. like that until I was 21. Yep. And so this was freshman year, way before mm-hmm. I was 21. And I just thought I don't know I was such and still like a high school mindset so I remember yeah. it was blind I went to go meet this person I was wearing like a suit and like sunglasses like why am I wearing sunglasses <laughs> like I don't know I just didn't look cool at all and I remember picking up this girl and and we walked out to everyone else to take photos and she was like oh this is kind of weird like it's like prom and. I I was like, oh, like, I don't know what vibes I'm getting right now, but <laughs> yeah. it's probably not like, hey, let's go have a good time. Like, right. I don't know. It just was just kind of st- a strange feeling. Anyways, so we, we go to the event, and it's like starting to be nighttime, and it's like five or six, and the first thing we do when we get off of the bus is that, you know, for anyone who's under 21, when you go into the mixer, they put X's on your hands yeah. so that yeah. you can't obviously go and get anything. Right. So I don't know how this happened, but I guess I was just kind of like standing on the outskirts, hands crossed. Yeah. And my my date at the time we had walked in. And again, vibes are kind of weird just for painting the picture. So I think she was with some other girls and was like, we're going to go off and, you know, go put our stuff down or go use the restroom or something like that. Mm -hmm. I was standing with my hands crossed. Next thing I knew, I was getting yanked by the arm. And one of the security guys was like, you're out of here. Like, he thought I was rubbing the X off of my hand, no. but I was just standing <laughs> with my hands crossed. And so he pulls me out and he gives... So, so I'm freaking out now because I'm like, okay, so the Poor date's going to come back out yeah, 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 and be like, where did he go? Yeah. What's going on? And he brings me over to the cop and he's just like, get this guy on the next bus back to TCU. He's done for the night. And I'm like, look, I'm totally sober. Like... I'm, here, let me call my mom and have her tell you that I'm, I'm sober. And now he's probably like, you're definitely not. But I <laughs> literally called my mom. I literally called my mom. And, and I was like, talk to the cop. Like I want to go inside. Yeah. Didn't work. So he's bringing me over to the bus. It's time to go back. And and uh, he turned away for a second and I ran away. And I jumped into a bush. No. Yes. No way. I jumped into a bush. And and so now, now what do you do? Because now now he's looking around like, where did this kid just go? And I'm (laughs) sitting in the bush like, well, shoot. I have no idea. And this is all within, like, the first 30 minutes of arriving at the event. Like, I got... I went in, they put their stuff down, I got kicked out right away, and here I am in a bush now, and so, I was looking back <laughs> and at your the mom's bus, I've already, you've already I'm, phoned, I'm a, already friend. phoned yeah. a friend, like, I'm running out of things here, so, I remember <laughs> yeah. looking at, like, the side of the venue, and there was a side entrance oh,
3: to get back in,
2: so I, like, wiggled my way around the side of the building, I snuck back into the venue, and then... I remember finding my way back in, and it was an incredibly underwhelming, like, arrival. It was like, you will not realize what just happened. And they were just getting back from putting their stuff down. Yeah. As far as I like, you went from one side yeah, of the room to and, the other. Yeah, and I'm like, you have no mm-hmm. idea. And so I was like, we should go, like, dance. And, yeah. like, you know, g- somewhere that's not on the <laughs> yeah. outskirts of everyone where <laughs> someone would recognize me. you should give me your jacket. Me. <laughs> yeah, try. yeah. And everyone was like, and 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 they were all kind of like, meh we're just going to hang out here. And I was like, okay, well I need to go and dance. I'm a wanted man. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, You're like, walked, I cannot
1: say no to this. Beat. So I just
2: walked into the middle of the dance floor and just started dancing. And just, just me. There was no one else there. There was no date. There was no any, there was no one who was with me, but I was there. It was survival mode. Now. Like I was not in the, you mind, were dancing I was not in the mindset of, yeah. I was just... I lost all vibes from anyone that I came with. And I was standing there surrounded by yeah. people I did not know. Yeah. And, and,
1: a, and a wanted criminal. Yeah. And I was like... And,
2: and so I I just stayed in the middle of the dance floor for like two... Maybe an hour or two. <laughs> just hanging out. And then people started leaving. And I just went with one of the crowds. Got on the bus. Made my way back. Told my roommates. And I was like, you will have... You have no idea what just went down. Like, it was exhilarating like I have never <laughs> felt so much like that's the closest I've ever if I look back and I'm like what moment were you most like James Bond or something like yeah. that that was the moment that was your moment yeah that's so, amazing so people don't listen to that and they're like oh I'm amped to go try something crazy now mm-hmm. just if you're thinking about running away and jumping in a bush just go do it yeah. <laughs> so that's that's probably yeah. the story I would tell did, did you ever see the blind date girl again no never she transferred
1: actually oh yeah
2: wow that was a bad, bad, it, was date, a man. bad yeah. it was a bad uh, yeah. it was a bad yeah must have just been it was <laughs> the sunglasses with the suit <laughs> honestly. honestly no it wasn't you it was
1: her <laughs>
2: yeah I don't know I don't know but it was pretty crazy that's for sure dude that's one, hilarious one heck of a time dude I love that <laughs> All right, That's last such a
0: good story. <laughs> <laughs> he hid in a bush and then snuck back. In I can also I can also that? imagine if the cop walked inside and saw you dancing in the middle of the room by yourself like, "Oh, sober are you?" Yeah, okay. Yeah, I
3: bet yeah. yeah.
2: He probably did and was just like, "Look, this kid earned it. Like, yeah. He he deserves to just dance now."
1: Like, <laughs> that kid's having a worse night than I am. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it was a, it was That is crazy.
1: such a good story. It was crazy. Uh, Yeah. Okay, last but not least. Okay. And we probably know the answer to this, but we should still ask it. Yeah. If you could be famous for one thing, what would it be?
2: Yeah. I think you know where this one would be. (laughs) Obviously, writing music and being able to do that, I would love to be able to (laughs) share that with people. But I think specifically just being able to tell storyteller songs... Mm. Because the way that I appre- approach writing in many ways, I think I've heard people ask me before, or people have asked me before, you know, do you write from personal experience? Mm. And I think that for me it's not
1: mm. most of
2: the time. Sometimes it is. It, yeah. It's obviously things that I've felt, but a lot of it is, like, things that I've felt maybe in, like, watching a rom-com or something oh, like yeah, that, yeah. like the romance that's felt through observing Right. Or yeah. the... Um, and obviously like there's feeling behind it too from personal experience but I, I've only lived so much life right now and so I think that something in regards to the way that I approach my songwriting is kind of like as if it were just a fiction story but in a three minute span with some music behind it and yeah. so I think that specifically the storytelling song writing would be something that would be really fulfilling just because I like to I just love sharing that with people so it would be really cool to to do that but really anyone who is hearing it small or large Mm -hmm. I don't think there's any there's no that's not my incentive my incentive is just to keep creating so as long as there's you know yeah even just a couple people that I get to share it with that's enough for me yeah Mm -hmm. yeah dude. That's awesome. That is. That's but, so
1: cool. Well, thanks for sharing that with us and letting yeah, us sit dude. down and chat with you. And yeah. And really, he's the integral part to the nowhere close family. Like yeah. without Ray, this doesn't happen. So we're yeah. glad we got to get you on the mic. This thing never yeah. got off
2: the ground without Ray.
0: It so. wouldn't
1: have.
2: <laughs> this is just. Uh, it's just uh, an awesome excuse to have a longer conversation than uh, what we usually <laughs> dude, <get laughs> just honestly. a few minutes before the episode honestly. starts. Totally. So um, it really has been a blast and this is just such a cool podcast that you guys are doing. I'm excited for hopefully season after season, just to see the progression of where things go. I'm glad I made it on. Will this still be season one? Oh yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we made it on season one. That's (laughs) great. Um, but yeah, super stoked just to see where this continues to go. It's really, really cool what you guys are doing here. So thank thank you you for having me. Yeah, man. And, uh, thank you everyone for listening. It's been a blast. Absolutely. Thanks dude.
0: Well, we hope that you enjoyed our conversation with Ray, and if you did, plus if you'd like to hear more about the rest of the Nowhere Close to Famous fam, we have those episodes coming in the next couple weeks, so make sure that you hit subscribe so you never miss an episode.
1: And while you're there, feel free to throw a review or a rating our way, and a fun way to keep up with us is also to give us a follow on Instagram at Nowhere Close to Famous Pod.
0: As always, thanks for tuning in. Stay
3: ordinary.